You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion. Part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and you're here to listen to the Texas A&M preview. I'm also here with my buddy, Kyle Loomis. It's throwback week. I have Tristan Madden on for the review show for Kent State. And now, throwing it all the way back to when we used to do a podcast, you, me, Tristan, and Ben. Uh, yep. What was that, like two, three years ago uh, at the very earliest? Uh, so, But even further back, I think, what, to what no, year was that's, it? that's way. Oh, man, that's like five years ago, man. I don't know what was you're it? saying about two and three years ago. Time flies. Well, well I think is. the last time Tristan was on here was like at least two years ago. Eh, that's probably true. We have had him fill in in spaces before. Yeah, but it's good to have you back. And uh, we're going to talk about this Texas A&M game. Uh, it's going to kick off at 2.30 in College Station. Uh, right now, it's projected to be a high of 89. I was honestly expecting a little bit higher, Uh honestly, but maybe it does heat up. I mean, I've heard the stadium in there. Once you get on the field, it gets hotter uh, than what the normal average temperature in college station is. Uh, right now, Texas A&M is two and one uh, with one loss. And that one loss is to Clemson. Uh, Auburn's ranked number eight and Texas A&M is number 17 in the nation. Uh, Kyle, how are you feeling about this game? We're, we're just a less than a week now. And uh, I feel like Texas A&M was one of our first big opponents uh, besides Oregon that I think is going to really determine how this season goes. How are you feeling about them? Well, first of all, I appreciate you uh, tolerating me on uh, your show uh, for one time. You know, I get to be on this show every once every once in a while uh, when yeah. Ben decides that uh, he's barned too hard and he's going to take a break. <laughs> but anyway, uh, to get more specific uh, about just general thoughts on this game, uh, 2.30 kickoff, man. I mean, could they have picked a hotter place on earth to have a 2.30 game? I mean, you thought it was bad here in the southeast, but my goodness, 2.30 in College Station, Texas, where it's not near the ocean like Houston is, so you might you might get a little breeze. 2.30 in the home of the 12th man is going to be a scorcher. It is and hot. I am... I am not at the moment going to be there. I am working angles to try to be there, but I would highly doubt that they end up working out. Uh, but I will be roasting and toasting up in the top of that stadium if uh, if I do make, make it there. And so much so that, I'll be honest with you, AJ, I have been trying to figure out where the angle is of the sun hitting the stadium so I can select <laughs> the right ticket so I can actually get yeah. somewhat of a shadow somewhere. Uh, so I've been watching that's, you know, you are a hardcore Auburn fan when you are trying to figure out where the shade is on an away game. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, the one time I did go to Texas A&M, it was the very first time, uh, Auburn played Texas A&M when they were in the SEC conference. And we, uh, we went and we actually sat up in one of the end zone, uh, upper decks. We were so probably like five, 10 rows from the top and it is really high up there. Thankfully, you can still see pretty much everything that you need to, but man, those guys down there are so tiny. But I mean, when you can pack in so many people in that stadium, to them, it's worth it. And I think it, it's a really cool environment uh, from what I remember. And that was even before they've done the stadium renovations yeah. to add even more seats. 
Oh man, that that's a, an incredible atmosphere just watching it on TV. So if I get the opportunity to be there, uh, I can only imagine besides the heat what I'm going to experience <laughs> uh with their rituals they do. They're already odd enough yeah. when when they come into Jordan Hare and you watch and you're looking over there and you're like, "What what what is this? What is this yeah. madness? What are you conjuring over there? Stop this now." Yeah. Uh, the yell practice is is very unique. That's not something that you get to see pretty much anywhere else that I'm aware of. And we got to experience that when we went. And then they even did that, I think, one of the last times they came to Auburn. Um, I think they do it uh, a couple hours before kickoff, almost as like their tiger walk kind of ritual kind of thing, um, where they do some yell practice stuff. Yeah, and but but, but we it's but different. we hot. But we high five our fans. They like cast some spell on them and just like ble- <laughs> bless this field. Hail Mar- a couple of hail marys, but they're you know like I don't know what's going on. It's just weird. and they also do like a ritual dance thing. Have you ever I, watched like the yell leaders? They they do this yes, weird like spinning yeah. and like pointing and like I don't know. There's I, some I don't weird stuff it. going. On. Look look you know I, I I'm not saying anything bad about the state of Texas, but I mean the bigger that state the state gets, it's like the weirder it gets. And so <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, but less about joking on texas and texas the state of texas and the actual a&m university here but about the matchup two and one for a&m and their losses comes to their big one uh, obviously our big one we won um yeah th- i think this is a great matchup everybody's been kind of looking to this one on paper and, and saying this is a, a great uh beginner for sec play for both teams and it's going to really set the tone for who is going to be competitive in the um western division going forward so i'm not taking this one any lightly our number eight ranking and their number 17 ranking doesn't mean anything at this point this sec play anything goes alabama learned that at south carolina i mean come on you know they can't ever go into columbia and just have a game so i I will be honest i am nervous but i'm also optimistic about this one yeah i I think i'm optimistic but also just knowing how tough it is going to be to play in there and how I feel like Kellen Mond over the years has developed into a pretty decent quarterback. Not that he's unstoppable by any means. You saw that against Clemson. They stopped him and kept them to only 10 points. But it it seems like their team as a whole has uh, at least some, uh, I don't know, positive uh, karma kind of feeling like around their, their that they can do it. And maybe that's uh, Jimbo Fisher kind of bringing in his uh, what he does um, to their program. Um, I, I heard it on the live show that you did, but there was some hate towards, uh, Jimbo Fisher. Do you, do you yeah. buy into that at all? <laughs> like, I, I'm just curious. Like I, 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 the only thing I remember that's negative about him was him standing up for James Winston and that's about it. And, and yeah. they probably could have said the same thing about us standing up for Cam Newton. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Well, I tried to think about this a little more, uh, post live show, like you mentioned, um and really kind of where does this animosity come from and and I don't know why I have a little bit of it too I think some of it comes from some of the the Auburn connection that we have with him if most people forget that he was an assistant coach at Auburn at one time yeah. um you know I I think there was a time where he was a heavy candidate to become the next head coach at Auburn post Chiswick and he chose to stay at Florida State over us when you were already an Auburn man to some degree. And so I think there's some animosity there. I think the whole Damian Craig, you know, we stole, stole him from them and then he left us and went back. You know, it's, it's all interesting stuff. I, I think there's a lot of unspoken animosity between both parties for being jilted or being taken advantage of. 
Uh, and I, I do think there's some of the Jameis Winston stuff there too. But uh, yeah, Jimbo Fisher and Auburn fans, they do not get along. Yeah, yeah. It seems like they, I mean, I kind of get it. I don't know if I hold any grudge against him. Uh, I understand he's a pretty good coach at the end tail end from my understanding of his Florida State uh, tenure there. He he just kind of fell off the map. Like that Florida State just became not great. He didn't try to recruit great players. You could tell he was just like, I don't know. I, I could sense that he was ready to move on. And uh, where he ended up moving on, I think is a pretty solid pick. Um, if I was oh, yeah. him, Texas yeah. A&M, that's a great school to go to. They have good, they have really good college football there. Um, oh, yeah. And you get to recruit in Texas where there's a lot of great talent out there. Um, mm-hmm. Something else that I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, this, uh, this rivalry has been going back and forth. As you know, it's the away team that tends to have the, the favorite Auburn finally last year uh, broke up that, uh, weird thing where the away team won. Uh, and now we're on a two game one streak against Texas A&M. Uh, do you think that that's just like a fluky kind of thing or is it, or what is that? That just seems very odd. It's not, I don't think it's odd because there's a lot of this kind of stuff going on. Uh, not so much recently. You've seen a lot of these trends kind of pushed to the side, whether it be, um, Auburn and LSU, the home team wins. Um, Georgia, the away team wins. For this one, the case has been is that the away team wins. Um, if I have that correct, I think I do. Uh, so I, I don't know. It's it's not uncommon for this stuff to have happened for us specifically, but in the SEC as well. Um, I just think that last year was a very crucial game for Auburn, where. They took it. They made a turning point, and I, I do think, uh, as you've kind of mentioned here, there's a sore spot here for Texas A&M that they're yeah. really going to be uh, looking to to make a statement after last year. Because in, in, in to top it off, they've already been in, beaten once by some tigers. You don't think yeah. that they're going to be ready to take down another <laughs> tiger that's a perennial power? Come on, I mean, yeah. they're going to be ready for this game. Yeah, that's what I honestly feared most. Even. Early, even before the season, I was thinking this could be a revenge type game for Texas A&M, knowing that they they had the they had it they had it, and then Auburn out of nowhere comes with this epic comeback in the fa- final few minutes. Jarrett Stidham just strings together some amazing catches. And that's where one of the best pictures I think of last year, uh, where Seth Williams goes up in the end zone, high points the ball and catches it in the end zone uh, for a touchdown. That picture uh, epitomizes that game for me, uh, and I love the, that imagery. But I, if I was Texas A&M, I'd be using that as motivation uh, to mm-hmm. beat this yep. Auburn team. Uh, what do you think about Kellen Mond? It, it, he has some love. He has some hatred from what uh, when I was talking to Tristan. Uh, he, I feel like the Texas A&M fan. Uh, they, they don't really, I don't know if they're a hundred percent into him. Um, but he seems to be doing good enough, uh, to make things happen. Uh, he he'll obviously use his legs when needed. Um, uh, but he's all, he's become a better passer. Um, what do you think is one of the things that we need to do, uh, to get Kellen Mond, um, in a place where we can really beat him? Because I, I think if we beat Kellen Mond, we win the game. Oh, yeah, I, I think this is the key to the game here is what kind of Kellen Mond shows up. And that's the ultimate question here is, is what are you going to get from him? Are you going to get the guy that came out in the first three quarters of last year's Texas A&M-Auburn matchup and just yeah. look dominant? Or are you going to get yeah. the fourth quarter one that literally 
helped Auburn. Now, as I said on our Facebook Live show, Auburn took the game from them, but there was a lot of help from Kellen Mond and, and some other mistakes by Texas A&M as well. Uh, so I think that's the question. If Kellen Mond shows up like he has the talent to do so, then Auburn's going to be in a really tough spot. Uh, not not that they can't win, even if Kellen Mond's having a great game, but it's going to be even harder than it already is going to be. But if Kellen Mond comes out and does some typical mistakes, things that he's been prone to in the past, that kind of negates his talent, um, I, I think Auburn's has the opportunity to make a statement in this game. Now, I will say what Auburn has to do is what what we think we all know. They have to get the pressure on him. And it's going to be hard to do without Derek Brown if he doesn't play in this game. I know. The, the encouraging thing is, boy, has Marlon David stepped up. He's this two <laughs> yeah. weeks in a row now. He's been the SEC defensive lineman of the week. And I it's even crazy. posed the question. I know, isn't it? Like, like it, it, I, I would not have pegged him as a defensive lineman of the week. I mean, he's had good games, but I'm like, okay, like he's been doing well. I don't, I don't think he like extremely stands out to me, but it, he did have two and a half sacks last game. That's very yeah. impressive. Well, I think everybody goes and looks for the stats uh, of, of sacks and stuff like that. And they forget that, you know, a lot of things that they kind of the question is how many times they're being hurried, how many, you know, plays they're blowing up, their you yeah. know, tackles they're a part of. Marlon Davidson has had himself an outstanding, yet I would consider quiet beginning of the season. And it's I'm very encouraged by it, which is why I don't panic so much that Derek Brown's not going to, maybe not going to be there or at least 100%. Uh, to hurry up Kellen Mond. I'm encouraged by him. I'm encouraged by people like Tyrone Truesdale stepping up there on the, in the middle of the line. Um, this defensive line, it's everything that's been built up to be, and it's everything um, that we we had hoped for, even without a Derrick Brown, it seems like. So I think that's the key right there, is, is making sure someone, like, specifically Marlon Davidson, gets to Kellen Mond. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And when... They start putting the two guys that I'm sure they're going to start be putting on Marlon Davidson just because of how much pressure you can get. Right. Then there's going to be like, then there's going to be guys like Big Cat Bryant or Tyron Truesdale that are going to be able to get to the quarterback because you can't, like, they're going to beat the one on one type battles every, every so often. It's going to happen. Right. Um, Let's talk about the Texas A&M running back situation. Uh, it was a couple weeks ago uh, in the Clemson game. Uh, Jay Sean Corbin, uh, they're, at the time, the lead running back for Texas A&M, uh, went out with a hamstring injury. And uh, he's out for the rest of the season, unfortunately for him. Uh, and then uh, in his place, Isaiah Spiller uh, is taking over for Corbin as their lead running back. Uh, but there's uh, there's... I don't know. I, I think there wasn't too much drop off, drop off between Jay Sean Corbin and Isaiah Spiller. Um, I don't know. I mean, it probably hurts their depth, obviously, but I don't know how much that's going to affect it. What do you think as far as how their run game is going to work? Um, I think it, it. When I'm talking about their run game, I'm also talking about Kellen Mond because if yeah. Kellen Mond, uh, he's got to combine what Kellen Mond can do on his feet with the running back action. What are you feeling they they need to do? Texas A&M needs to do um, to get the ball moving against Auburn. And conversely, what do you think Auburn can do to stop that? Well, I think that Auburn knows that Kellen Mond's strength is on his feet uh, because that, that's what opens up his ability to pass the ball as well. So they know that's coming. 
the question is, is can Isaiah Spiller step up again without Corbin there? Their, uh, what was their starting running back? From what I, I've read, it seems like they were kind of not really on equal playing field. I'd kind of put them I'm trying to think of a good comparison for Auburn fans. Um, ben Tate and um, uh, Ontario McCaleb, where Ben Tate was the feature hmm. back, but Ontario yeah. was so different that and I guess you see that a little bit now. I mean, you know. Tarvius Whitlow, Movie Whitlow is is the feature back, but we see a plethora of other ones that get plenty of time and really probably more towards Cam Martin. So can Isaiah Spiller and that offensive line create more running opportunities than just opening it up for Kellen Mond to use it with his feet? That's the key, I think. And that's the key for Auburn, too, is they've got to focus not just on spying maybe uh, Kellen Mond uh, with the linebackers there, but they've got to make sure they shut down the other part of the running game that already looks depleted. Uh, so it's it's uh, it's definitely a, a matchup that's in Auburn's favor, but they must exploit it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm I'm in complete agreement with that. I think once we start to really key in on Kellen Mond, not allowing him to run, that's really going to let us focus in on more of that running back uh, that they're going to need to hand it off a few times. Um, in previous games, they've tried to hand it off um, a pretty decent amount of time. Uh, but also, even in the Clemson game, they passed more than they ran the ball. Um, and it, what happened with that was Clemson got to Kellen Mond. You see, you saw the happy feet. You saw him almost immediately start moving backwards uh, when he felt the very slightest amount of pressure. And Clemson's D-line can get pressure. And yeah. I think Auburn's D-line can get pressure like that. Uh, because like you were saying, there, there's certain numbers – that on a stat line, you look at and see our D-line, well, they're not getting as many sacks as we were hoping, but what they're doing is they're forcing the quarterback to do what he doesn't want to do, get out of the pocket a lot of times, and just throw the ball away. And that, to me, is almost as good as a sack. Uh, so I think we, if we do something like that where we keep him contained and don't let him uh, get any big streaks of uh, when he's running the ball, I think that that's the key to victory for me. Yeah, I I think it's a key to shut down this running game in, in all facets. But if they can if they can shut down the, the traditional running game, uh, this is going to be a lot easier for Auburn. Yeah, um, let's talk about score predictions. Um, so Kyle, we do uh, score predictions as far as the number of points you think Auburn is going to win by. Uh, with this game, what are you feeling uh, with this game? Uh, I know the line right now is three to four, depending on probably what time you're you're listening to this. Uh, so it's you know to Vegas terms, it's probably about as even as it can get. Uh, where do you feel in for Auburn winning or Texas A&M winning? Gosh, um, you know I, I hate talking spread stuff and all and and all that jazz. Like it, it annoys me so much. I know people love it who actually gamble and stuff like that. It's important too, but to me, it's just a number. But the interesting that I've I've seen is that Auburn has covered every single week thus far. Um, yeah. I'm going to say that Auburn does not cover, but they do win. And I think it comes down to a final drive. It, it may be as simple as um, Auburn has the lead and they just make a defensive stand. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if it comes down to uh, the leg of Anders Carlson and uh, him having to step up and win games like his brother <laughs> used to have to do for us so many times. Uh, so hopefully that's not history repeating itself where we have to rely on him too much. But, you know, if I have to put numbers for scores on this one right now, it's definitely going to be within a one or two point margin. I'll say, um, I'll say 23, 21 Auburn. 
okay. because that, that gives a couple of field goal opportunities for Anders Carlson with him potentially making the winning one, uh, maybe from deep as well. But it also, I, I could very easily see Texas A&M getting a, a trio of touchdowns in this game pretty easily early on too. Yeah, yeah, I think that's possible. And uh, preseason I had had us win by three. Ben had us winning by 10 because Ben's a Barner. And he I was about to Auburn. say, that's not <laughs> that's not Barning for Ben, though. Let's be honest. 10-point victories are nothing uh, yeah. for Ben King to say he's Barning. Like, normally, you know, if this is in Jordan-Hare Stadium, uh, Ben's saying Texas A&M 10, Auburn 50. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, last week I think he had Auburn winning by 55 points. We didn't make My it. Goodness. We won by 39 points. But that's the kind of uh, barning that uh, Ben always does. Um, I think we're going to win by three. I, I think there's going to be a close battle back and forth. Uh, and I am confident in our defense. Um, and then I think I'm also – it seems like our two-minute offense, when we get going, uh, and I think – honestly, like I'm just thinking about the, the Oregon game when we had Bo Nix – take the two minute drive at the end of the game. You saw how confident he was. He he didn't yeah. flinch. He didn't second guess himself. He just did what he needed to. And I think if it comes down to something like that, we're going to move the ball down the field um, and get points on the board, uh, either with a field goal or a touchdown to win the game. Uh, let's talk about, I think this is also, uh, this is off uh, the Texas A&M topic a little bit. Um, but what do you what do you think uh, as far as our players to watch? Um, our players to watch typically we're going to go with offense, defense, and special teams. Pick a player to watch uh, as far as Auburn. Who you're going to be watching this game? Oh man, uh, we want one for offense and defense and special teams. Correct. Uh, I so would just say pay, start out with offense. You know, I was going to say Bailey Sharp, uh, who got his first start mm. on the offensive line, but he's hurt now. Uh, yeah. And he was backing up the injured Prince Tega Wanago Jr. Um, so is Prince Tega going to be back? Then I think you watch him. But I'll say this. I think the guy that's going to – and I may have the depth chart mixed up here. So forgive me, listeners, if I'm wrong. But Tayshawn Manning, I think, is the next guy up on the offensive line. Um, so I, I'm going to watch specifically him, but all the other uh, people below in the depth chart, they're going to have to fill in if not only Bailey Sharp is out, yeah. But still, Prince Tega's not 100% there. So I'll say Tayshawn Manning, offensive line, uh, yeah. just specifically because we've got to establish a run. Yeah, for sure. And we saw a little bit of push, or actually a lot of push, and not just a little <laughs> last week. Uh, and that was a lot of, very much due to the offensive line. Uh, so I feel like that's got to be a part of it. Uh, I'm going to be watching, I think these these two players can be very effective um, Eli Stove and Anthony Schwartz for the sole sake of Clemson was able to use a lot of sweeps against Texas A&M. And I think we can get some of that action uh, going with either Eli Stove or Anthony Schwartz to make our offense just get down the field real quick um, and put Texas A&M's defense on its heels. So you expect uh, the stove to be hot again is what you're telling me. Yes, I do. I fully <laughs> expect that. Be careful. Don't burn yourself. <laughs> Uh, who's your gonna Who's gonna be your guy on defense for Auburn that you're gonna be watching this game? Ooh, defense is another uh, a good one there. I think there's a lot of areas that have stepped up uh, recently, and I, I try. I don't like to go to the conventional picks. Uh, like I think Marlon Davidson is the easy one to go with here. See if he can make it three defensive linemen uh, in a row or yeah. picks for the weeks in a row for the SEC. You know, 
I'm going to say the linebacking core. How about that? Because I, I, I think right. that's a, a good one. And to get more specific, uh, KJ Britt. I, I mean, he is taking over as the role of the general of the of the uh, defense uh, there at the middle linebacker spot. And so I think him probably be put in a position where he's going to have to spy Kellen Mond. He's going to be the guy that needs to get off blocks and gets to Kellen Mond and make sure he gets some pressure on him when he when eventually because it will happen. He will break out into a few runs, and it's one of those things you need to limit as opposed to completely stop because he will get his yards. Yeah, so, for K- sure. So KJ Britt is my pick. Yeah, I think that's a really good one uh, because, like we we just talked about, it's got to be we got to shut down Mond. And either that's by pretty much shutting down the run game and then putting it all on Kellen Mond's arm or, you know, just like keeping it contained. There's a lot of uh, things that I think linebackers will be able to do in this game. Uh, I'm going to – I was thinking about somebody on the defensive line like Big Cat Bryant uh, who, while he did get a sack last game, he he didn't – he didn't like his stats don't stand out to me, but he was able to get the quarterback. I was thinking about him, but then I was also thinking, I I, I was thinking more importantly, I think I'm going to be watching on defense a lot of the secondary, and probably somebody like Noah Ibnagani. He's going to be a guy that we need to watch um, just to see how he does against. He tends to get the better of the line of the wide receivers for a team, and if he's able to win his matchups, that's usually a good sign that we can uh, also help uh, help this defense stop Texas A&M. Um, so that's the guy I'm going to be watching. Uh, who's going to be your guy on special teams that you're going to be watching? Um, with people avoiding kicking to us, especially on kickoffs uh, as much as they can, uh, whether that be kicking it out of the end zone or doing those little pooch kicks that we saw uh, with Kent State, uh, the uh, – probably saying the term wrong for up backs or, or, or the the middle portion there of the punt return or the kickoff return team yeah uh john you'll john samuel sinker I, I cannot for the life of me ever get that <laughs> name right um uh, he's the one i'm going to call out as my player to watch but even goes over to the other side i think spencer nye sometimes is over in that spot too uh they've mm. got to be ready to field those because there was that second time it happened in kent state where the ball kind of bounced around a little bit before he got control of it we can't have a momentum swing like that happen in this game where we're already prone to break, you know, let the other team break away on a punt return or a kickoff return. We ourselves can't turn the ball over in that situation. So I think everybody on the unit, but more importantly, guys like John Samuel sinker need to be ready on kickoff returns. Yeah, I think so. And uh, if they watch any film and they will watch that film, uh, they're probably thinking we can, probably do something similar so that's a good possibility uh the guy i'm gonna be watching on special teams is aaron sippus uh, he was a guy i was watching over the past couple of games just because of the the bad punt returns um that we've allowed and i i don't know if that's necessarily all on on, on all on aaron sippus but it, it he's got to punt the ball a little bit higher and i i think if he does that we're able to get to the guy that's getting uh receiving the punt um so that's the guy i'm gonna be watching uh let's shift to an auburn fan perspective on the sec kyle i know you're probably really excited about this uh this is (laughs) this is a new segment ben and i started a few weeks back uh to start this 2019 uh football season and uh this has been a fun one uh we talk about how we as auburn fans 
perceive the SEC. Uh, what do you see? What are you seeing around the SEC uh, that you've noticed over the past week? Uh, I see a lot of top heaviness and a lot of uh, bottom feeders. Uh, so to speak. <laughs> now, I will say, let me let me retract that a little bit. After week one, it seemed like some of these teams that really had issues. Uh, got their feet back under him, a.k.a. Missouri. I mean, geez, did, did West Virginia say something about your mama or something? Good Lord, mm-hmm. they can't, they can't. Kelly Bryant decided, okay, now I'm going to play. Um, yeah. So I think, I think the ship where it almost got hit by a tidal wave, that is the the SEC, if, if it's a ship, it got hit by a tidal wave and was like tipping over. It kind of came back for the most part once we got rid of some of that dead weight, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's it's the SEC. I mean, we're going to beat each other up as soon as we get into conference play, and that starts this week for a lot of the teams. So it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, going to be a big week for the SEC. Um, I, I noticed that this past week, Auburn, UGA, and Arkansas all put up 55 points. And yeah. I don't know. That's pretty that, – that's awesome to be able but, to put up But who many. did they play? But who did they play, though? Nobody's. They didn't play anybody. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So – I don't know. It, I just think it's it's neat that we all scored that many points for that reason only. Yeah. Uh, another thought, and I don't know, Kyle, did you see this? But Alabama, uh, they've gotten so anal about everything that their <laughs> fans do that they are now tracking their student fans that come to the game. And if you stay in the game, you get you know extra bonus points, but they're using an app to track that. Isn't that just... Uh, pretty much stepping a little too far in my I think it is in my opinion (laughs) uh personally I think the one way you combat this is you start saying okay uh we're gonna start slowly taking away more sections of the student section until you guys can fill it up every single Hmm. every single week because yeah you know I I'm sure there's other fans that aren't showing up in the general seating area as well but I've got to believe in my heart of hearts which I don't have much space for Alabama in my heart uh, but that there are fans out there for them, uh, usually at Walmart, that want to be in the stadium very badly. So start taking away this. Don't worry about tracking them. Just say, okay, yeah. fine. We're going to start taking away this section. You can't fill it up, this section. And then if it means the students have like nothing left, so be it. I mean, thankfully, for the most part, we don't have this problem at Auburn is that our fans show up and usually stay for the majority of the game. Uh, Granted, they've got their whole complaint about, oh, we're playing at noon every week. Well, I'm sorry. Get a matchup that everybody wants to see, and then maybe you'll get some better times. That's what Auburn did. Auburn scheduled Oregon. Auburn scheduled Tulane, which is not a great team, but it's a better mid-major team. For sure. You guys, who who did they – I can't even remember who they played. Uh, Little Sisters of the Poor or something? (laughs) Anyway. Something like that. So I'll stop my rant about that, but I just – you know, there are ways to combat this other than tracking student participation, so to speak. Yeah. And it, I mean, people, I looked around, uh, at least on TV, they had panned out towards the end of the game. I mean, it was a late game. Most people would like, there's it was probably half of the people in the stands had left. But one of the things I did appreciate that Gus did, he said, I appreciate the fans and how loud they were. And I think that's pretty neat that he, he almost said the reverse of what Saban did, um, which again, he's he's getting a little feud going on right now between him and Saban, <laughs> talking about you know noon kickoffs lo- and now fan participation. 
I love sassy Gus so much. I don't know what's happened to him between this year and last, but Gus has got a little, little, you know, he's he, he's like, hey, man, you know, I, I got a little fire in my belly now, and I'm going to start showing it. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking, and I don't know if this is true, but just surmising, Gus seems to have changed over the, probably the last year and definitely the last two years, you know, two, day, two years back when he was, uh, you know, hands off from the offense completely. He, he was very... I don't know. He's still pretty close to the vest, but he, he didn't ever show any emotion. And I was thinking, I wonder if he, he got told, Hey, like, it's okay to show some emotion and, uh, get, I don't know. There, there's certain things like I, I've noticed that he he's able to do now that I feel like he was never able to do in the past. So I think that's pretty neat for to see him develop yeah. as a head coach. Yeah. He's, he's definitely opened up a little bit more. Uh, something else that I noticed Mississippi state losing at home to Kansas state. Uh, that's a sad one, and uh, I, the only thing I can think about that one is Mississippi State is uh, not in the best of situations right now, and uh, it's going to be another rebuilding year for them um, after Dan Mullen left a few years back. And uh, another thing, I mean, you probably saw it, but their freshman, uh, redshirt yeah. freshman quarterback, just getting hit and yes. flying like crazy. Um, what did you did you get to see that? And uh, what were your thoughts on how gutsy that was? Oh, I got to see it and watch it on repeat several times. I mean, hit of the year. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, there's this one thing to get just a solid tackle like Jadavian Clowney, somebody, and they just you just literally pancake someone. But there's something about that where there's an athlete trying to give his all to get that last bit of yardage, and then the other athlete collides with him and just launches him into the air. I mean, that to me, it sounds violent and brutal, but that is football. The, I was watching this in the Auburn Student Center when we were all getting a break from the, you know, 150 degree weather heat we're having here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. We were watching this in the Student Center and everybody just stood up and just screamed, ooh, and that happened. And it was, it, it's it's one of those things that you're glad he didn't come away hurt, but man, we love to see that type of stuff as long as somebody doesn't get hurt. So it was great to see that. Yeah. Uh, something else that I, I wanted to point out. So uh, Tennessee. So <laughs> they're they're very much the laughing stock of uh, the SEC East right now, and maybe maybe we're being a little too harsh on Tennessee, but like um, uh, you, you can never be too harsh on Tennessee, especially with your <laughs> Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, here's looking at you, Chandler Fullman. Uh, I'm calling you out, and your buddy Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, I, I can't stand the guy, and uh, you know not just because he's got Alabama ties, but BYU recently did beat USC. And yeah. that's a that's a quality win for BYU. And Not if you know maybe, enough about USC though. USC just lost their quarterback. I mean, BYU got beat by it wasn't Nevada in the first week. Uh, it's you know I'm not trying to negate what you're saying here, but come on, Tennessee. It's, <laughs> it's I have a little bit of angst because kind of the way they and some fans I know behaved after their beating of us last year. And yes, I'm a little sore loser, but. Uh, any flack that they're getting right now uh, is well deserved in my book. Yeah, yeah. I mean, their their program right now obviously isn't where they uh, they hope it would be. Even twenty years after Peyton Manning was there, I mean, like <laughs> it's been that long since they've had decent success. Right. Uh, LSU. I mean, how do you think that they're doing? I mean, obviously they're they're one of the top teams uh, in the nation right now. Um, I, I, I'm almost thinking they might be peaking a little too early and showing yeah. some of what they're doing 
a little too early. I don't know. What, what's your read on LSU? Um, I still want to take some time to make a judgment call on LSU because they, on paper, uh, on visual, te- the eye test, they look really good. Um, but I'm just curious what happens when they run into Alabama, when they run into Texas A&M even, uh, mm-hmm. when they run into us. Uh, I think I think even Florida could give them a test. Um, they have not Texas. While everyone wanted to bill it up as the big matchup, I'm I've not bought into LSU completely. While they do look very good, yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, all right, what's your thoughts on Florida? Because man, they they took a big blow with uh, Felipe Franks going out, um, and he's probably out for the rest of the season. Um, have you heard anything on him? Uh, it's my understanding that he's gone for the season. Uh, according to some people I was talking to, the backup looked a little bit better than him. So it may have been a little bit of addition by subtraction in that sense. I, again, I am in no way suggesting it was a good thing that any college athlete get hurt. Uh, I oh, cannot yeah. even, absolutely. like, I haven't even watched the replay of what happened to him. Cause I, those type leg injuries, ankle, and, foot I, injuries, and I won't, I yes, will not exactly. watch that. I will not because I will vomit and cry all in the same moment so uh, florida to me is a team that has an opportunity to rise to the occasion at this moment some struggles they've had but i don't know that they can do it i'm just i'm glad that they've at least had to make a change a few weeks before we see them yeah and uh i wanted to throw in one statement about florida that ben made uh and i thought it was (laughs) kind of interesting it was like they are the worst top 25 team if we don't beat them by at least three touchdowns, I will be mad. That's Ben. You know, That's Ben for ben, you. <laughs> ben and Ben and hyperbole go hand in hand together. You know, I mean, it, it, I'm saying this now, and Ben's going to watch. He's going to be completely right that we will go into the swamp and do that. I'm not bought on that yet because I, I still have questions for us more so than doubts about Florida. So. While I do feel confident we'll win the game at this moment, Florida to me is still a team that's up in the air. Not to the level of LSU, but uh, I'll hold judgment there until I see a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I I think it'll be a closer game. I mean, obviously they play well in the Swamp. And uh, Dan Mullen, I mean, I'm just thinking about how a lot of times when he was at Mississippi State, he just knew what Auburn was going to do and had a counterpunch for everything we did, uh, it seemed like at times. And uh now he's at Florida. So that, that always scares me a little bit. Um, yeah, it does. Ben, or not Ben. You're not Ben. Look, I've tried, to barn, I've tried to barn for you tonight, but I'm nowhere near Ben's level, okay? No, you're not. Uh, Kyle, before we go, do you want to give him your social media so he can stay in contact with you? Yes, uh, you can find me on tig- uh, on Twitter at TigerEye24. If you have any complaints, you can send it to ben k1ng and if you have any derogatory rebuttal you can send it to tmad34 all on twitter uh those are Man. all three of my accounts just send the good stuff to tiger at 24 and all the throwbacks i love it <laughs> uh and you can find me on twitter as well at ajayjay underscore it's always great to be an auburn tiger and war eagle war eagle Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?